What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Breathe in Air podcast, where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. I am your host, Mason Bendigo, and thank you all for tuning in to another episode. I'm pumped for you all to hear today's guest. He's an executive coach for busy CEOs and executives, entrepreneurs who don't necessarily have 24-7 to dedicate to their fitness. A lot of us have busy lifestyles, and Oliver Anwar does a great job of adapting those lifestyles to be able to fit into a regimen where health is priority, where fitness is priority, and where balance is priority. It's not one of those cookie cutter, you can't eat carbs, you can't drink alcohol, you can't do things that you like to do, you can't enjoy life. So Oliver has kind of crafted this program that fits busy execs and people who have busy schedules. I always say that fitness and general health is something that should be personalized to you because we're all very different genetically we're all very different in our day-to-day schedules in what works for us and what doesn't in supplementation where we're lacking and oliver does a great job of adapting to that as well and personalizing for his clients oliver has dropped multiple ebooks just recently dropping one that we touch on at the beginning of the show so you can kind of hear about that and if you're interested in more from Oliver, you can check him out on Instagram at Roan War. And you can also find him on Twitter at Roan War as well. He has a very solid following on their dedicated crowd and is putting out solid content. I can't preach enough to look at your feed, look at the stuff that you're consuming daily and weed out the BS, weed out the things that don't make you feel good, weed out the things that aren't pouring into your life in a positive way. When I started doing this, my whole perspective changed on media and social media in general from pulling us apart and causing fear and causing stress and causing all of these negative emotions to building a community of like-minded individuals that push you towards goals. And when I started weeding out all the people that didn't pour into my life in that way, I started making amazing connections and started transforming my life through the stuff that I was consuming and it was adding. I was using it and it was not using me. So I highly encourage you to do that and Oliver is a great place to start. So, I mean, I can't say too much more. You're going to have to hear for yourself. I'm excited for you to hear this episode with Mr. Oliver Anwar. Today's episode is brought to you by Garden Fresh Media. Their social marketing, design, branding, all of your content needs to take your business to the next step. Media is not just an option. It is a requirement, especially with how things are going even more digital after COVID. So next time you need any media or content needs, go check them out over at GardenFreshMedia.com. And if you're looking for a new brand logo, you can use promo code BREATHE50 for $50 off your first logo design. Once again, that's GardenFreshMedia.com. No media, no growth. Without further ado, I am pleased to welcome from the UK, none other than the worker coach himself, Mr. Oliver Anwar. Hey, brother. Thank you very much for the intro and I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm excited for this. Absolutely. So you have an ebook coming out on April 5th. What, what, yeah. What's this all about? Tell us about it. 
Sure, man. So I've got a uh, well, my first proper ebook coming out, which is um, called Busy Professionals Fitness Handbook, right? So it's essentially a new guide and essentially the blueprint to torching body fat, stacking muscle mass and leveling up your health in four hours a week, um, you know, without giving up the food you love. So um, yeah, if you're a busy guy, busy girl, this book is going to be for you. Um, I typically train, you know, professionals in my kind of one-to-one coaching program. So I want to create an ebook that could help uh, a lot of people that are busy, stay healthy, stay fit, get leaner, get stronger, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, let's drop in April 5th, man. I, I can't wait. Love it. Yeah. So that concept of balance, right? Balance with people who are busy professionals, such as yourself, you know, you worked a nine to five and, and kind of still were able to create this physique and this fitness that you wanted to achieve. How can somebody, you know, what are some steps or processes early on for somebody who is super busy that says like, oh, I don't have time to, you know, stay healthy. You hear that a lot. Like, I don't have time to go to the gym, like this or that. For sure, man. Um, I think firstly, to preface this, it is hard for people that are busy, right? I just want to state that first and foremost, man. Like when you've got lots going on, you've got, you know, your career, you've got family life, um, you know, you've got your social life, like trying to balance fitness with that it is difficult. And hence why people struggle the most, right? People that are busy, usually their health is the first thing to go, right? Um, so the first thing I think is is to have acceptance of not being perfect. So, you know, you can't live like a bodybuilder. You can't, you know, train every single day for two hours, right? What you need to do is say, actually, it's okay if I maybe train three to four days a week instead of six, right? And maybe it's okay if on Friday night I have pizza with my family or with, with my kids, right? Because at the end of the day, we want to make this sustainable throughout your life um, and build healthy habits whilst still being able to enjoy yourself. So I think accepting that you're not going to be perfect, uh, first and foremost, is really important. Then I think secondly is organization, right? So the busier that you are, the more organized you need to be. So you need to be able to have a structure. So you need to know when you're going to work out, when your meals are going to be, um, and build these as a habit. Because the more that you can build this as a habit, the easier it's going to be around these busy work periods and things like that to, to stay healthy and fit, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's systems. I, I saw this quote that was talking about how systems are more important than goals per se. You know, I've, everyone's like so goal oriented. We're all goal, goal oriented to, you know, achieve something, whether it's in business, life, fitness, but systems are ultimately what's going to get us there. Right. And I think that's so important, especially when it comes to fitness. And then those systems and processes even go over to, you know, business, family life. And that kind of leads me to asking you about body mind connection, because I think there is such a huge, you know, compatibility there like they are one and the same at the end of the day so how can upgrading your fitness ultimately help your mindset in the rest of your life such a good question because a lot of the transformations that i see with my clients it goes beyond the the physical right like when you're healthy and fit you know every other area of your life starts to improve so you're more present you know you've got more energy you're more focused um you know you're more resilient to external factors you don't have control over right let's say you don't sleep and you know you don't have a poor diet you don't exercise right if something bad happens in your life or something external happens you're a lot more reactive right whereas when you are healthy when you're fit when you're strong when you can think clearly that's not even a problem man you brush that off right so um there's a kind of night and day difference between the way that you operate when you're healthy and fit um you know even having more muscle mass right a lot of the mainstream think you know that's just you know for meatheads right but you know from a health point of view actually having more muscle means you can live longer right um you actually get sick 
less. Um, you know, it's actually been shown that, you know, if you go on a night out and you have a big one with the boys, the next day, if you've got more muscle mass, you're going to feel a lot better because, you know, your your body's like an elastic band. And like when you're strong and fit, you're a tough elastic band. It's hard for people to pull you apart. Whereas when you are, you know, a you don't have much muscle mass, you don't train that much, you're not very fit, you're a flimsy rubber band, right? So you can just be pulled apart like this. Anything happens to you, it's so difficult to bounce back. Um, and I think that's really important for people to understand is this this whole training thing is holistic, right? It's, it's not a 30-day diet. It's about trying to build a solid foundation for you to operate, to concentrate, to be more present in your relationships and just just to be, um, you know, have a better well-being. So yeah, that's kind of my, my view on it. Yeah. I'm sure the listeners can tell from now that you're obviously not in the US. Uh, Oliver's in- <laughs> but I you you bring this up and it's really something that's been on my mind a lot lately because I've been seeing a lot of things about it. There was this pamphlet with uh, Planet Fitness. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen this, right? It's like, yeah. bod is the new sexy thing. All this like girls think dad bods are hot. And then even the other day I saw Outside Magazine put uh, an article up about how food isn't medicine. Stop looking at health food as medicine. Like medicine is still the medicine. Like, and it just blows my mind that there's this rhetoric, you know, especially in America with a health crisis going through a pandemic that we're still getting this rhetoric. And I think it's dangerous for people that aren't educated on that, right? So how you kind of slightly mentioned it there, but food as medicine, like how can that, you know, correlate? Like how can we use food as medicine? Such a good point because a lot of what you see around kind of health and the you know healthcare system traditionally like big pharma is it's not the healthcare system. It's a sickness care system, right? Your healthcare system is your training, right? It's your nutrition, it's your sleep, right? That's the true healthcare system, right? That's the root cause of the issues that, that you're having, right? So when you look at food, you want to look at food for fuel, but you also want to look at it to, to take care of yourself, man. You know what I mean? The more nutrient-dense foods you can eat, the more minerals you can get, the better you can focus. You know, again, the less chance you're going to get having sick, being sick later down the line. So um, when you kind of flip the switch and say, actually, I don't really need all of these pills. I don't need all of this medicine. If I first and foremost fix my lifestyle, which is usually the underlying problem for most people, you'll find that you don't really need to go to the doctor. You'll find that you actually don't really need this medicine. And, um, you know, it can be a hard pill to swallow to know that you were the issue all along, right? To say, oh shit, actually, maybe if I look at myself in the mirror, maybe it's my own habits, right? Or, you know, my emotional eating or, you know, what I do with my boys on the weekend too much, right? When you look at yourself, um, you'll find that that's where a lot of the issues lie. And once you fix that, you're going to feel so much better, man. You're not going to need these external medicines and pills and things like that, which, you know, again, have side effects, right? And, you know, that keep you dependent. And I think that's a big point that, that people fail to see is that once you're on them, there's still drugs, man. You can get hooked. And once you come off it, it's not a good thing. So I'm always a big proponent of chasing the natural high, trying to make sure that you've got that solid foundation down um, before looking at any other kind of external pills, medicines, and things like that. I love that. I've, I've spoke about this passionately before because it's at home for me and family members, a lot of people that I know, as far as, you know, like you said, putting the Band-Aid on a small problem when we're not addressing the problem. And oftentimes that Band-Aid, you know, creates this domino effect of other gut issues if you're talking about you know strong antibiotics or whatever it may be right so yeah definitely you know go to the source and that is like you said that's a, it on good habits how 
did you find a passion for this and create a business through health and fitness? You're obviously passionate about what you do and knowledgeable about what you do. So what was kind of your journey in, in the fitness world? Great question, man. So I was fortunate when I was younger, I started off pretty um, fit and active. So I played football, which you US guys will know as soccer um, <laughs> over here in the UK. Uh, and I was pretty fortunate to play a good level when I was younger. So um, I loved football as a kid. I was able to play for some of the good teams in the UK. Um, and I got to about 16, 17 and I didn't actually make it as a professional, which for me at the time was pretty heartbreaking, right? I'd invested my time as a kid, following David Beckham, following Cristiano Ronaldo, wanting to be this this professional, and it didn't really happen. So I needed a way to fuel my passion, my energy, and just, yeah, this kind of desire for competitiveness that I had into something else. Um, so I started going into the gym, man. And as a skinny little 17-year-old kid, I realized I wanted to start packing on some muscle because all the guys around me were, were pretty big. So um, yeah, I started learning about training, nutrition, made tons of mistakes myself. So I got injured. Um, I would starve myself. I ended up having a bad relationship with food. I made kind of all the mistakes you can think of under the sun when it comes to, to fitness. And I thought, I need to do this differently. I need to have a look at you know, what else is out there. Uh, so I started looking at some evidence-based research, what other people were doing. And then I started to know what I was doing. And I was like, shit, this is starting to click now, right? Um, and then after that, I really just wanted to help other people not go through the same mistakes that I did, right? These newbie beginner gains, which um, I'm sure you would have uh, maybe gone through yourself. So um, I was at university as well. I was pretty broke uh, at this time. And I was sat on my mate's sofa. And he was like, you can set up a website, right? For I think it was like a, a penny for this domain. So set up this website. And uh, by the end of summer, I had this website that could take payment and had loads of blogs on it. And it just snowballed from there. I launched and uh, got a sale on my first day, which was crazy. I couldn't believe it, man. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Um, grew it alongside my side hustles, such as being um, a freelancer working nine to five. And uh, yeah, four years in, um, it's now my full-time gig, uh, working with people from all over the world, man. So it's great. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, that's incredible. And I, I love just to briefly touch on that. What is what is like a key habit or key characteristics of an entrepreneur to build a business and to be able to sustain it? It's a really good question. I think there are two two things there. I think self-awareness is the key, uh, really. Looking at kind of where you are, where you want to go, um, kind of where you're messing up as well. Like I think that's big is leaving your ego out of it and knowing that sometimes you're not always right. I think that's really important um, to, to kind of show some humility. And then secondly, I just think it really is just having a growth mindset, right? So it's saying, okay, cool. I didn't get it right this time, but that doesn't mean it's going to be like that forever. If I learn and if I, you know, keep studying or I keep working and, you know, I do the right courses, I listen to the right people, I put my reps in, then I know that I'll get there someday, right? So I think when you couple self-awareness with uh, a growth mindset, that really is the recipe for, for success and what, what you do. Mm, love that. Love that. And there, you even said reps there, like it's, there's such a, you know, it's such a turnover from, creating healthy lifestyle and habits when you eat, when you train, when you do these things in the rest of your life, you know, the habits that are created, just like in sport for soccer, football for you. Same with me having a sports background. There's just so much turnover there that just starts the domino effect for good habits that lead to success. And, and that's for people who haven't ever, you know, touched the gym, tasted that at first, it seems like such a hard thing to do. But once you start, it's like, whoa, 
look at the way this is affecting my life in so many different areas. Uh, I want to touch just basically, let's talk to the guys real quick, and then we can talk to the girls real quick. Sure. Because you work with both, correct? Yeah. So for men, testosterone, right? That's the, that's the big thing. Everyone wants to sell you this for testosterone, that for testosterone. I think we chatted briefly on Twitter about you know guys messing up their early peak testosterone cycles in their mid-20s by taking test boosters and stuff. What's a way that men can naturally boost testosterone? What are good habits that they can create or supplements or foods that they can be eating? For sure, for sure. I think um, the first thing is to realize that as you age, your testosterone levels decline. So when you're sort of 25, 26, so around my age now, um, you're at your peak levels of testosterone. And as you start to go towards 30 years old, that starts to decline. Uh, and the issue I see is a lot of you know young kids or young guys that are in their 20s, when they're at peak testosterone, they're not fixing their lifestyle. And then what they're doing is they're looking to take things like steroids or TRT or, or whatever it is, some kind of test booster to, to help them fix their problems. And again, you need to look at the root cause. Um, just by fixing simple things like sleep, number one, um, that's huge for testosterone. That's where your muscles recover. Um, and it regulates things like your emotions and, and the rest of your hormones. So when you don't sleep, um, it's very difficult to optimize your testosterone levels. So trying to get eight to nine hours sleep per night, sleeping in a dark room, uh, making sure that you kind of wake up at the same time each day and you know, staying away from caffeine will, will help with optimizing sleep. The second thing is to reduce your body fat percentage. So when your body fat percentage is too high, that can decrease testosterone levels, right? And, you know, cause you to not operate at the optimal level. So what you want to try and do is get your body fat, if you're a guy, between kind of 10, 15%. So if you can get to the point where you've got a little bit of abs come in, that's good, right? Um, you don't want to get too lean because that can actually have negative effects on hormones when you stay too lean for too long. So if you can get between 10 to 15% body fat, that's perfect, right? That's going to help you, um, you know, keep a high level of testosterone testosterone throughout the course of um, your life and i'd say um, the third thing is to, to get a lot of sunlight man sunlight is really good for testosterone and it, it enhances your mood when you've got energy that makes you feel good right and that boosts your testosterone naturally that makes you want to go and do stuff right. when you sit inside in your house or you know in the dark and you scroll instagram you get a little blue light and you don't do anything man that just causes you to just be a bit of a I don't know. You're just like that. You just fucking, you don't want to do anything, right? So you want to get to the point where, um, you know, you're outside, you're active, you're actively walking, you're getting lots of vitamin D. That's going to help your testosterone as well. So I think overall fixing your lifestyle in your twenties will really help you when it comes to testosterone. Mm, that's huge. That's huge. Take notes, gentlemen, take notes. <laughs> so on the women's side of things for women, I feel there is a bit of a stigma around women and weightlifting, right? Uh, I feel like a lot of girls and I don't want to put, I'm not putting all girls in a, in a bucket here, but I do see this a lot, right? Sure. So they want to, they want to lose, they want to lose fat. They want to do this, that. So they're thinking about cardio versus weightlifting. They don't want to look bulky and, and these types of things, which I believe is a misconception. Um, I'm sure from looking at, you know, your content and knowledge as well, what is a way that women can integrate weight training correctly, you know, in, in a, in an environment where sometimes they may not feel comfortable doing it? Yeah, for sure. It's a great question because, you know, women for years, I think there's been a lot of stigma around um, doing weights, right? The first idea is that 
lifting weights or resistance training is going to make you bulky like a man, right? Um, and you've got to know that, that men have 15 times more testosterone than women. So testosterone, again, is the biggest driver of muscle building than men. And, you know, I've been training for 10 years and I still struggle to, to pack on muscle. So, you know, if you're a, a woman that's just getting into lifting and you've got 15 times less testosterone, you really don't need to worry when it comes to to muscle building you're going to be you're going to be fine so first thing is to not worry um the second thing i think is really important is to you know train all of your body so a lot of women just go and do cardio right i think it's really important if you you know train every muscle group in a resistance training style whether that's doing upper body and lower body splits doing full body workouts but just make sure you train everything because this is going to be great for your posture and as you kind of get older it's going to increase your bone density from a health point of view which is great once you get pregnant as well, if you want to have kids, then, you know, a lot of the supporting muscles that support you whilst you're pregnant um, are going to be built through resistance training. So it's going to be very important as you age um, and mentally it's going to make you feel just stronger and more kind of, you know, toned. And I think that a lot of women think that, you know, you're going to get strong and bulky, but but you're not. You can get toned. You're going to get these curves that, you know, guys find attractive, right, and that you find desirable. So, um I think that's really important. And, you know, the third thing is to find a way that you can do exercise in an environment which, you know, you're comfortable. So maybe that is doing some weights from home and buying yourself a a small weight set. Another great thing is to do classes, right? You know, a lot of women do classes. So if you can go for a class with some of your girlfriends and and do some resistance, that's perfect, right? You're You're in a good environment. And if you are going on your own, essentially to, you know, the gym in a weight training section full of meatheads, then, you know, try and get a, another guy that you know to, to train you, whether that's your boyfriend or personal trainer or something like that, just to ensure you feel comfortable, you're doing the exercises correctly and, and things like that. Um, so there's lots of kind of ways to do it. Um, and I hope that's kind of cleared things up for everyone there. No, yeah, absolutely. You, um, you talk about 80-20. And this is something that I do. I like, this is my whole thing with health, fitness, mindset is the balance aspect of it. And especially, you know, with working professionals, people who are busy and creating balance in fitness with enjoying your life, enjoying some foods that you enjoy, being able to go out with the boys and have drinks, right? Yeah. What is the best way? Tell me a little bit about like that 80-20 rule and kind of how you implement it. Yeah, for sure, man. Great question. So 80-20 is the Pareto principle, right? Where you kind of um, do kind of 80%, you know, uh, 20% of the work. Oh, sorry. It's 80% of the results come from 20% of the work, right? I think that's right. Um, But you can also use this kind of um, system of kind of portioning the way that you attribute your health and your fitness because you can't live like a monk 100% of the time or live like a robot, right? Where you're 100% of the time being healthy and fit because this is what people do. I see this as a common mistake. They go mad on this health blitz for a couple of weeks. They don't drink. They don't eat any carbs. You know, they cut everything out. They cut everybody out and they realize this isn't sustainable. And then what happens is they, they lose the weight, but then they put it all back on again because they can't sustain this for the long term. And as humans, we need this release, right? We need a release to go out and eat some unhealthy food. We need a release to go out with the boys and, and have a few drinks and get drunk, right? It's a natural thing for most people to have. And especially if you're stressed, you can't live under this level of discipline all the time, right? You need to have times to enjoy yourself. And I think as someone that lives, that wants to live his best life, you know, you've got to have fun, man. You've got to have fucking fun. Um, I think a problem that people have is they have the 80, 20 mix the wrong way around. So they'll 20% of the time, they'll be healthy. 80% of the time it's unhealthy habits and not doing the right thing. So if 80% of the time you can stick to your diet, um, you know, eat good foods, exercise, you know, get enough sleep. That's great. Then 20% of the time, 
you know, one day a week, potentially, or, you know, a couple of days a month, however you choose to portion this, enjoy some time off of your diet, enjoy a pizza, right? Enjoy going out for some burgers, enjoy going out for some drinks and not tracking your food. Um, and, you know, being a little bit loose with your other habits because um, you need to live like a human, and you need that flexibility. And that allows you then to sustain things because as long as you get back on it, whenever you need to, you're going to be able to carry on and get progress. And if anything, it will make you more motivated to want to stick on your diet. Cause you're like, right. I had a good blast this weekend with the boys back to it on Monday. Let's go. Right. And I think that that's a, a really good approach to take and something that I found personally to be successful and as well with my clients. I love that. I love that. So I feel a lot of times we get asked, you know, what kind of supplements should I take paired with a good diet with a lifestyle? Right. But oftentimes it's not like, Hey, I've been eating super clean. I've been training super hard, drinking a lot of water, you know, doing all these things. And I want a little boost. It's more like, what can this quick fix supplement do? for yeah. me? So that's obviously not the way to go. You got to have the healthy foundation, but what kind of supplements should someone be training? Let's say for, uh, you know, lean, lean mass. For sure. For sure. Great question. So I just want to preface this by saying um, when it comes to supplements, there's something called bio-individuality. So this essentially means there's no one-size-fits-all approach. So for instance, someone like yourself, potentially you could be in a bulking phase, um, you know, six foot four um, with a very active job that struggles to sleep, right? So your supplement requirements are going to be different to a small little lady that sits at a desk that's five foot one, which sleeps really well, right? So you just need to know that different supplements for different people. And, you know, you should firstly decide where you are at first to, to see what you need. Um, now, generally speaking, when it comes to muscle building supplements, one of the best ones is creatine monohydrate. So um, this is a supplement that helps with, you know, strength and power in the gym. And it's also one of the most researched supplements out there. So um, the fact that it's got so many studies, it's got so much backing means that, you know, if you take it from the research, pretty much going to get you some good results, which is important when it comes to supplements, because a lot of the industry isn't regulated. So you're going to find that there's some supplements that are, you know, actually they don't prove to be that effective but people will be charging so much money because there's no regulation in this industry so actually knowing what's effective is important so creatine is great um, for size and strength i would also say things like caffeine as a pre-workout can be fantastic so um caffeine especially if you're a busy professional or busy person that you know it has a, a long day and needs that little boost of energy taking some caffeine 30 minutes before you work out will really give you that buzz and help with general performance right um it will also help to suppress your appetite in the morning if you're dieting which can be fantastic um when coupled with water so um yeah, that can be great. I'd say those two are my main ones. And my third one would probably be whey protein. Now, I know that this isn't actually a um, supplement. It's more of a food substitute. But whey protein is very convenient to hit your protein target, you know, when you're on the go. So let's say, I don't know, you're out at client meetings and, you know, you need a protein hit. You can't cook a chicken breast. Then in your break, smashing a protein shake or a protein bar, something like that will let you hit your target um, without having to worry too much. Um, and as long as you're getting a good quality protein that's healthy and has a good amino acid profile, um, you're going to be fine, man. Like it's, it's just as good as the chicken breast. So, um, yeah, those would be my top three. Mm, love that. Love the practical tips. That's always, always good to have the practical tips. We spoke earlier slightly about, you mentioned carbs and I think there's the stigma around carbs also. Oh, I don't want to eat carbs. I cut carbs out when I'm, but I'm totally the opposite, right? I love carbs. Carbs is a fuel source and it's all about the right kind of carbs. So 
What kind of carbs do you suggest for someone who's training and when should they eat them? For sure, man. Great question. So carbs as well. Um, it matters kind of the quality of carbs that you have, but also the portions, right? And a big reason as to why people get overweight is because they eat excess calories. Now that can come through carbs. It doesn't mean carbs are inherently bad, right? It just needs you, you need to moderate the amount you have. Um, and when it comes to quality of carbs, there are things called complex and simple carbohydrates. So complex carbohydrates ones that break down slower throughout your body. So, you know, when you're thinking of maintaining a consistent amount of energy, then it's good to have complex carbs in your diet because it allows you to have that nice stream of energy coming through. So, you know, things like anything that's kind of brown, whole grain could be really good, oats, brown rice, brown bread, that kind of stuff could be awesome. But it doesn't mean that you can't include um, simple sugars, which are kind of the other type of carbs. And these are kind of your quick release carbohydrates, typically your sugars. And what you find is, unfortunately, again, people get this the wrong way around. They consume too many simple sugars and not enough complex carbohydrates. Uh, and simple sugars don't fill you up. So when you have like, let's say, I don't know, a packet of Haribo, you know, you get this little buzz of energy really quickly, but it's not really great for your health. And also you're not full. So that means you want to keep eating. And that's what that overconsumption is what causes weight gain. So if you can, you know, again, 80% of the time stick to those complex carbs, um, you know, eating those mainly before and after you work out, those are the most important times pre and post workout um, to again, give you energy and increase your performance. And then, you know, small, you know, well, sorry, a small snack of simple carbohydrates, you know, 30 minutes before you work out or when you need a quick energy hit can be really useful. So having like a banana 30 minutes before you work out can be a great option if you're busy and you don't have time for a big meal. So, um, yeah, it's all about portioning your carbohydrates, right? Get them in and around your training times and just make sure you're having complex carbohydrates more than those simple sugars. Yeah. What about sourdough bread? Why sourdough bread? <laughs> I mean, I think it's a big thing on Twitter, right? Um, I think that's the first thing people love sourdough bread. Um, but sourdough bread is typically a little bit higher in protein um, compared to you know other bread. It's usually baked on the day as well, which I find is great. So it's actually pretty fresh, which I think fresh food is always always good. Um, and I think it tastes better, man. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> this is actually something interesting that, so my mom has a background in all this stuff too. And she was like, you know, Eat, I'm starting to eat sourdough bread. I'm like, well, why? You know, I always grew up with you whole wheat. You know, we're getting whole wheat, Ezekiel bread, like this kind of bread. She's like, well, it's easier on my stomach. And also through the fermentation process that it goes yeah. through with it fermenting, it's actually kind of works as, you know, some like a good gut bacteria because of that fermentation. The digestion. Yeah. Yeah. So like, because sometimes I would eat wheat bread, whole wheat bread, and feel kind of, you know, a little stuffed afterwards. Sometimes, like, you know, you get a little bloated. You're like, oh, it didn't feel that great. Then when, you, when I would eat the sourdough, I didn't really get that feeling as much. So like, this is interesting. But, yeah, yeah. It, I automatically thought white, it's sourdough. It's like a white bread. Like, I should be eating whole grain bread. But in reality, it was something that worked for me. It was interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. I think um, – like not all white foods or white breads are bad, right? So when you look at white potatoes, they're one of the most filling foods that you can consume. Uh, but just because it's on the white end of the spectrum doesn't mean that it's bad. And the same when it comes to all brown stuff doesn't mean that's all good because if you're eating too much brown and like you said, you're getting digestion issues, you're getting bloated, then that's not great. So again, going back to bio-individuality, it will depend on the person and it will depend on how much you can your gut can take, right, and your tolerance. So um, it's just good to have a knowledge of both so you can – use both in your toolkit. Right. It's wild to look back at the 
food pyramid, right? Like that. We, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's crazy with all the research and, and data that things that we thought and were taught that like, this is how you eat is really, and I love what you say about bio-individuality. Like that is a huge thing for me as well. But you, you kind of, let's switch the script a little bit. You talk about, you know, living outside of your comfort zone. And this can go from, you know, becoming an entrepreneur to creating healthy lifestyle to creating better relationships. How, how do you, you know, live outside of your comfort zone? And what do you think that does for you? Yeah, man. So I guess, you know, it, it, one, once every day I try and do something that scares me, man. That's a big thing for me. So something that I wouldn't usually do or try and do, you know, whether that's, you know, I don't know, approaching somebody that I've never approached before or sending a, an email to someone I want to work with, um, you know, or just pushing myself a little bit heavier in the gym, something like that to just keep myself pushing. Because what, what you see usually is people, they straight away fall into this comfort zone and it's so easy. We all do it, right? We go into this comfort zone where things are nice and easy, but you know, nothing grows there, man, nothing happens and you stay in this place. And I think this is a big cause of a lot of anxiety, right? Because I always think that a lack of progression is a regression, right? You're going backwards if you're staying the same. Um, So the more that you can, you know, just set a habit each day to push yourself, again, going back to habits, it will help you when it comes to moving out of your comfort zone. I also try and put myself in an environment where it's not comfortable. So I'll travel quite a lot. So I'll go to, you know, recently I moved to Dubai or didn't move, but I went to Dubai for a couple of months, lived in a city where I didn't know anybody, right? And it just forced me to make friends and it forced me to build connections and approach new people and be personable, right? Things like that can be super useful to do um, because, again, it just takes you out of that little nest that you feel safe in and, and forces you to, to push yourself. Um, so that's a, a big thing for me. Also, just taking on new projects, new challenges, like writing an ebook, man. Like, I didn't really have to write this ebook, but I thought, you know what? Let's try and do it this month and set myself a challenge to write, publish it, create the all the bits that need to go to it, all the marketing, because why not, right? Like, it's good to do something that, that pushes you. So, um, yeah, I think the habits are really big. Um, you know, pushing yourself into training is big, but I think living in a different city and a different environment away from your normal hometown is, is really important, especially for your development. Yeah, absolutely. You got it's pressure creates diamonds. You got to get out and that's it. different things, right? Tell me about toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> the time incline bench, like this up to me, but in reality, I do think there is a for men, I think there is a toxic way that men are supposed to act, right? Um, and it's kind of going both ways, almost like don't show feelings, but then there's this other side that's like the sissification of men, I guess, right? On the other side of mainstream culture. So, so how do we find this balance of being a man, showing emotion, you know, hitting the gym, being a good father, but not like falling into these downfalls of, of, I don't even know, like toxic. Yeah. That's the best way to say it. That's it, man. Well, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this recently and, you know, toxic masculinity, it's on two ends of the spectrum, right? So you get the toxic side of like the guys that are super, you know, let's say, I don't know, sissy or, or people would typically think as weak and that's very toxic. They behave in a toxic way. You also have these guys that like overcompensate with the alphaness and try and be strong. Right. So then they're on the toxic side. They're like show no emotion. You know, they're, they're just very aggressive, overly aggressive. Right. But really you need to be this person that's, I would say towards the middle. Right. So you need to be assertive. You need to be, um, you know, have a backbone and things like that, but you also need to be able to be 
um, what is the word? I would just say you need to be able to be compatible with other people, right? You need to be able to be um, conversational. You need to be able to debate and not attack, right? So you need to be this person that's in the middle and be, um, you know, objective in in things that happen. Um, unfortunately, what you see is, you know, I don't know whether it's politics or the way that people look at life, but everything's so extreme, right? You're either Trump or you're Biden, right? Or you're either red or you're white, right? Really, you know, you can agree with certain parts of both things and you can disagree with certain parts of both things. And I think that's the thing with, with masculinity. People will fall on different parts of the spectrum, but it's all about coming at your behavior from a healthy place. So if you can be healthy with your aggression, that's great, right? It's cool to be aggressive and to have drive, but how are you fueling that, right? How is it coming across? If you're fueling it into business and to helping people, working out yourself, that's cool, man. You know what I mean? There's there's no issue with that. Um, you know, if you're doing it because um, you're going out to fight or steal or do bad things, and that's toxic, right? So it's less about you know, the genders is more about kind of the, the behaviors because both genders can be toxic. Right. Um, and I feel men get the brunt of it at the minute, um, which I don't know why, because, you know, I, don't, I think women can just be as bad as men uh, when it comes to toxic behaviors. Um, so yeah, I think definitely it's about coming at it from a healthy place and just ensuring that you're, you know, not too extreme on ends of the spectrum, right. Trying to have this balanced view, which uh, is very difficult for people um, in the modern day, I think. <laughs> very well said, very well said. I applaud that answer. So I have a couple more questions for you. I know you got a busy rest of your day, but as far as rest and recovery, what are some hacks to help us recover better, sleep better, and have better energy throughout our day? For sure, man. So recovery is one of the biggest things I work with with my clients because um, a lot of these guys are go, go, go. So they're working really hard, you know, putting lots of hours in. And the first thing is to understand that if you are a, want to be a high performer, you've got to learn to rest, man. You know, that's when you grow, that's when you repair and it will set you up to, you know, literally win the day when you're awake. Right. So sleep is one of the biggest ones, right? Making sure that you sleep is so important. Um, again, it regulates testosterone. It's where your brain and your memories form and, you know, all your learning happens. So you want your brain to be um, sharp. Um, it's also, like I said, going to regulate testosterone. So again, give you that drive, allow you to build muscle. Um, and you know, your muscles are going to recover in this time as well. Um, so that's where you're going to get bigger and stronger. So I'd say, um, sleep is, is a big hack also generally just mindfulness, man, just doing things to de-stress. So if you can get involved in something like meditation, stretching, walking, anything that involves you staying away from the screen, thinking about work, all of that kind of stuff. Um, because the less consumed you are, the more clarity you're going to have, the more clarity you have, you know, the more energy you're going to have to direct in the right, right places. So, um, I think that that is really important. And then just, you know, general diet and exercise help with energy levels, right? Um, a lot of people think that exercise makes you tired. Actually, it's not true. So there was a study done by the university of Georgia and they found that, um, people that did, I think three, hours of exercises or sorry three hours of exercise a week for six weeks had a huge reduction in fatigue and increase in overall energy levels so these were sedentary people sat down so by exercising they were way more energetic because of exercising so that helps uh, and of course with your diet right spend a week eating rubbish right come back and report how you feel and then do a week of eating really good and come back and report how you feel there's two different people there right so um that would be really big too. So again, I think fixing the foundations um, is important and it really comes, I think, from the main two bits of you know stress and sleep. Mm. Incredible. Incredible. And, and so true. Recovery is everything. It really is. Well, Oliver, thank you so much for coming on, man. I got, a, I got one last question for you. Okay. Sure. I'm excited to hear your answer. What is your definition of success? 
Man, that's a big question, man. <laughs> big question. That's a big one. Um, I've been trying to answer this a lot. Really, I think it is, you know, it, I don't know how to word this. Let's think. It's about being able to express yourself authentically in the most positive manner possible, right? So, um, you know, a lot of the time people have this imposter syndrome where you put on this mask and you try and be this different person. To me, the most successful people, they're just true themselves, right? In the most healthy manner. They believe that they're enough. They believe that they can help people um, and they have a lifestyle that allows them to do that. And I think that that's really important is freedom's a big part of success. Um, you know, being able to speak the truth is a big part of success and being able to help people, right? If you can hit those three things uh, as well as be healthy, then man, like you are successful, right? Like that's the best thing in the world. You don't need to be a millionaire, right? Like as long as you've got your time, as long as you've got your energy, as long as you can think for yourself um, and, and, you know, contribute towards society and help others, then, to me, that's what success is, man. Oh, love it. Oliver, where can everybody find you online and, and check out your content and all that good stuff? Awesome, man. So uh, you can catch me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active, at Roanmoir. Also on Instagram as well, uh, Roanmoir, same tag. And then you can visit my website, um, theworkercoach.com. And yeah, my new ebook's going to be launching soon. So you'll see that on various socials um, and it will be available for purchase on my website um, probably when this goes out, um, whenever this goes out. So yeah, it should be live then. Yeah. Beautiful. Oliver, thank you so much for your time, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I know a lot of people are going to get a lot of stuff out of this one. So y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Breathe and Air podcast, where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. We're wrapping up with Oliver Anwar. Thank you all so much and have a great rest of your week.